0: ball, Ewing goes up,
1: the basket counts! He gets it over to the doctor, Time ball game. Here's a shot, Julius, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three,
2: bang! That one goes down and the game is tied! Here is ramp moving on Tucker, he turns, he shoots, yes, with one second.
0: Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is is pick and pod on WFUV Sports.
1: Welcome in everyone to pick and pod here our weekly NBA podcast at WFUV Sports. I'm Nick Fata, Tyler Hugh, Bridge got him by my side. Gentlemen how are we today?
0: Doing very uh, good. So far, Exc- yeah.
2: Sorry to cut you off there Tyler oh, go
1: ahead. Go ahead you got it. Well Bridge no, is excited. In different
2: countries. so he's, he's got a little more going on than I do so Bridge fire away. Yeah Excited,
0: yeah. I'm on a little vacation overseas, but very excited to talk some hoops. Warriors and Celtics have made for a rather interesting finals as we will get into. I mean Celtics stealing one in Golden State, then the Warriors winning game two comfortably. But game three, Celtics that was all Boston back home at the T D Garden. Golden State might be in trouble. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm doing all right. So I'm doing pretty well. I'm working from home this week. Uh my internship just started. I'm kind of just chilling, kicking up my feet, uh, contributing as much to my company as Draymond Green did to game three for the Golden State Warriors. Kinda of just chilling. Um yeah, I'm enjoying this little week, just watching the NBA finals and watching the last of basketball for I guess a little while before um the off season begins. Good to be joined by you guys and you know I'm excited for this one to start.
1: Yeah, guys, it's uh it's crazy how quickly yet how elongated these playoffs are. You know, they started back in April uh, with that first round, and then now all of a sudden, here we are, basically around halfway through these finals. Celtics have a 2-1 lead through three games in this series. Uh, Very back and forth so far. You know, I think it's interesting how both teams have had their stretches of dominance, uh, whether it be a quarter for the Warriors, like the third in the past, uh, or kind of the fourth quarter for the Celtics in game one and game three. Uh, You know, it's, it's an interesting contrast because these are two teams that are so... Uh, electric on both ends of the floor, and that's why they're here. Obviously, you don't get to the finals without a tremendous defense to start, uh, and then the superstars like Steph, Tatum, uh, who get there for you offensively, make the big shots, take the big shots. Uh, and really, what what kind of baffles me here with the Celtics is they kind of have these games where they blow out teams more often than others, uh, but then they also have teams where they they their games, excuse me, uh, where they blow it. You know, they don't show up exactly how they're supposed to. Uh, but last night, that was the exact opposite of the case. Uh, they win one sixteen to one hundred uh, on their home court, first home playoff or first home NBA Finals game for Boston since that two thousand ten series where they lost to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but I'll, I'll tie. Let's let's hear from you about the performances from not just one Celtics star, uh, but I don't want to call Marcus Smart a star, but he for sure stepped up as well as Jalen Brown did. Uh, Tatum, Brown, and Smart respectively had 26 27 and 24 points last night uh in the blowout win for boston
2: yeah whenever a guy like marcus smart steps up first of all he's a superstar role player and that's what i like to call him yeah. he is an unbelievable player um got a lot of respect for him he's had a great uh, great playoffs um the thing about this is like whenever tatum has an offshore tonight of Jalen Brown steps up. Whenever Jalen Brown is off shooting night, Tatum steps up. This series, Tatum hasn't had the best shooting series just because like his we don't know. I think his right shoulder, there's something wrong with it. But he's been aggressive driving the ball to the cup. And you've seen it. His passing has been unbelievable. He won. Nine assists five tonight. And then in the opener, he had thirteen assists when he shot really poorly. Um, it's really impressive to see like this young core finally all put it all together. Uh we saw this coming for years now. Uh, this Tatum Brown duo. Has been one of the most successful young duos in the NBA has pretty much ever seen. They came to the NBA like Tatum's first year, he was in the conference finals, game seven. Jalen Brown was in the, he's, they've never missed the playoffs as long as they've been there. And they're all finally all putting it all together. Email Duke has been putting together a phenomenal game plan. They've been able to fit in young players with veterans like Al Horford, um, Derek White is. Well, I I guess he's a veteran. And now I guess Marcus Smart, you can consider him a veteran. So it's really good to see the Celtics team put it all together, even though, you know, as a Knicks fan and a New Yorker, I should hate Boston. I got a lot of respect for that team. They've looked like a better team so far in the series, and they're rightfully up 2-1. Yeah,
0: let's not forget that the Nets trade in 2013, actually, (laughs) that's what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that's where they came from, that trade for Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett uh, in 2013. When the Nets saw that they had gotten two veterans to potentially make a playoff run obviously didn't work out for the nets the celtics they get tatum and brown and to your point tyler tatum's first year they actually pushed the Cavs to seven games jason tatum at age 19 dunked on lebron i think people forget about that really big deal for someone who's only 19 which is of course that's become a meme tatum he's only 19 but in the years since then uh you know they make the conference finals against the heat in the bubble honestly i mean obviously they lose there but they finally overcome the heat this year That Celtics heat rivalry has been going for quite some time, but the Celtics finally getting over that hump. And I think the best part about the Celtics team is that players will step up because Jason Tatum did not have a great game. One, I'd argue that he played really like played terribly but Jalen Brown had one of the best playoff games of his career. Marcus Smart was on the bench for all of that time. Derek White stepped up. Al Horford stepped up. You have these veterans, these players that are stepping up, and the Celtics are really, really playing great basketball, and it all starts with Ime Udoka. I really think that Brad Stevens deciding to take a step back, go into the front office role, you know, it takes a lot of maturity to do that as 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 a coach, right, you know, to actually make that decision. Obviously, you know, Danny Ainge stepped down. It created that position, but I think for Brad Stevens to realize that he's better suited as an executive and to bring in a guy like Ime Udoka who stresses defense, the Celtics are arguably the best defensive team in the NBA. All of that combined, I think, puts the Celtics in a really good position, and especially after Game 3 where they held off a brief Warrior comeback late in the third quarter, as they always do, and we'll talk about that later on, how the Warriors have the best third-quarter differential in the NBA by a long shot. I mean, that quarter is theirs, but the fourth quarter happens to be the Celtics. And when it's all said and done, the fourth quarter is really what determines the outcome of the game.
1: And uh, exactly, bridge. That's 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 where these guys kind of have been taking over games. Uh, obviously, game one they dropped a forty piece in the fourth quarter, thanks to Der- Derek White, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford, as you alluded to. Um, but I do want to transition a bit uh, into the Golden State side of things. Uh, for for these guys, you know, they're just always good. Obviously, that's not a secret. Uh, when they're healthy, they're always good, but. I've been questioning for a while now, are they really NBA championship good this year? Uh, and here's why I say this, because uh, not because their guys are aged or washed or anything, but it's clearly not the same team as when Kevin Durant was there, but also when they won their first championship. They were, I, I think, maybe hungrier. They were obviously young, younger, uh, and they might have had more depth or more guys that were willing to step up and play their roles. Uh, you know, Wiggins has been solid for them, but he hasn't been exactly uh, as, you know, all-star level, like... He was this year I and mean, I think that's still an arguable statement but uh, and then we could talk about Draymond Green uh, I don't think his age is what makes him not as impactful he's not uh, you know old enough where he's kind of gonna deteriorate like that but uh, 35 minutes last night and he put up a whopping two points four rebounds three assists and six fouls the second time he fouled out uh, in this series he now has the same amount of points with 15 as he does fouls in the series Uh, So as much as I, you know, Draymond is a fantastic player, but as much as I think he deserves and does not deserve slander, I think it's appropriate to give it to him uh, for what he's done this series. He's been far too aggressive, far too mouthy to the refs, uh, and his game has really not backed it up enough where uh, you get 31 points from Steph and and 25 from Clay, Probably the first time we've seen the Splash Brothers really back together in the finals, uh, and it's still a 16-point game largely because, you know, that third guy or really the, the main leader and anchor of the team uh, has just simply not shown up for Golden State.
2: Honestly, I, overall, I think the first point of emphasis for this Warriors team is the bench has not been itself this whole finals. Um, Jordan Poole hasn't been himself. Jordan Poole is showing why, like, he he's not, like, there yet. He's a really, really good young player, but – you can see the inexperience. Every single yeah. move he makes, he'll take. He'll take. He's a phenomenal player. Game two, he had a couple of huge shots at that half quarter before um get, before the third quarter. The end of the third quarter, it was insane. That being said, the inexperience shows. Turnover after turnover. You see a lot of turnovers, a lot of careless passes, taking stupid sh- uh, step back jumpers. And Jordan Paul's talented. He can do that. But you can't be doing that in an NBA finals game against the Celtics defense that is the best defense in the league. Having guys like Derek, throwing guys like Derek White, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, even Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams. You can throw anybody at Jordan Poole. He's he hasn't been himself this series. He hasn't been that good. Uh he's trying to do too much. Otto Porter Jr. coming back from injury. He has he wasn't he was kind of a non-factor this past game. Uh Iguodala out, obviously. Um, the bench hasn't and Gary Payton in the seconds on his way back. The bench hasn't been themselves. Draymond, he's basically... like I respect Draymond a ton. Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. A great player. One of the greatest role players to ever do it. That being said, he looks like a glorified podcast that is out there. He's busy with his podcast. Um, he looks like he could hop on Pick and Pod right now, and <laughs> the Warriors wouldn't miss a beat. I'm obviously kidding. They would, but he, he hasn't been good this series. There's no doubt about it. Clay hasn't been great. I will disagree with you on the Wiggins point. I think Wiggins has been really good this whole playoffs. I think Andrew Wiggins has been the Warriors second-best player for the whole playoffs. He's been the second-best second, second best player in the Warriors all season. He has been taking on the number one assignment on defense every single night, night in, night out, while putting up decent offensive numbers. So I think he deserves some credit. Uh, the narrative around him has changed for the most part. Sure, he didn't deserve an all-star starter, but he's been really good this playoffs. And I'm really – I mean – they need to give Steph some help. Steph has been the best player, obviously. Steph Wiggins, good to see Clay play well, but you know, at this point, Clay isn't what he once was, so you're not expecting that out of him. But I mean, I like I like what the like what the Warriors are made of. I think they are a championship caliber team. They just I feel like they've met their match so far with the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I like your point about the bench. I think a lot of critics will point to, well, oh, they don't have to rant anymore, but let's not forget they went 73-9 and nine without him. But I think that supporting cast they had back then, you think about a guy like a Sean Livingston, a Harrison Barnes, an Andrew Bogut, guys that stepped up in the finals when it mattered most, and Andre Iguodala, who, yes, they have now, but a much older Andre Iguodala, who may not be as effective defensively, defensively as he once did when guarding LeBron James in the 2015 NBA Finals. So I think that the Warriors' biggest weakness is when Dre, Clay, and Curry are not on the floor. Yeah, uh, they they lose because the Celtics bring in their second squad, their B team, whatever you want to call it, their bench guys, and they will destroy the Warriors guys. Yeah, Jordan Poole did have some moments in game two. Great half-court shot, as Tyler mentioned. I mean, it felt at that point that the series, the momentum of the series was shifting. I felt like that shot in particular... I think it put them up somewhere between 10 and 20 points. And the Warriors only built on that lead in the fourth quarter. You were like, oh man, like the Warriors are back. The Splash Brothers or the Splash Cousins, the, the pool party, whatever you want to call it, they're all back. But the Celtics, they came back home and they won a really big game. And it was because of their role players. And then their stars stepped up. Stefan Curry with 31 points, you know, he's, he's going to continue to produce great games, but. Unfortunately, when the rest of your team doesn't come to play, not that nobody came to play, but when you don't have as good of a bench and a supporting cast overall, you just can't compete with a Celtics team that is just as deep as it is.
1: And, yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of been the problem for Golden State where, you know, game two they won because of f- spectacular defense. And, of course, Stephen Curry was spectacular. Uh, I, I still believe that he is the best player in this series. Tatum's right there with them, but I think Steph is Steph. Uh, 34 years old, doesn't matter. He's still the best player in the series. But, uh, yeah, you look at the guys who don't step up for Golden State. Jordan Poole averaged 18.5 on the regular season. I think he's maybe scored, I don't know if he scored that since the first round against the Nuggets when he was on fire for them. Uh, And then the rest of the guys that play for Golden State off the bench are are just not necessarily scorers or proven scorers uh, through these playoffs, like Derek White has shown that he has for Boston, Uh, or even, you know, Pritchard has some spark off the bench when he shoots well. Grant Williams, a very solid role player. Uh, The the Celtics, I think, are just built a little deeper, and they also have the the opportunities for, you know, the the bench last night for them didn't do much because they didn't need to. Like I said, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, Mm -hmm. they combined for 75 points. Um, Crazy stat. But, like we talked about game one, Tatum wasn't there. I think he had more, or maybe the same amount of assists as points. Uh, Brown stepped up in the fourth. Horford and, and Jalen Brown combined for 50. Uh, and Derek White had a great game too. So it's knowing the roles here, and I think that's kind of where this new but the same Golden State team is not exactly what they were when they won those championships. It's enough to get them there, uh, but is it enough to kind of take down this top team? Or I said the Celtics and the Heat, uh, that series was my real finals because it's just it was just a real gruesome grit and grind series between uh, two teams with just very similar play styles, but in the end, I think the Celtics are the, the best team right now who who kind of deserves the title, as much as I don't want to say that. Like Tyler said, as us as Knicks fans here, don't want to see that. But um, it's it's an interesting kind of contradiction between these two teams uh, and what their role players produce, because if Golden State's role players don't at least come in and kind of do what they need to do, at least on the defensive end, uh, they're not going to win. And Boston doesn't always right. need their role players to step up because they have Two or three guys who will go for 20 plus points uh, if you give them the space. So Golden State, right. I, I guess, if I had to take two takeaways from from or two things to improve on, which I'm sure Steve Kerr will work on with them, uh, of course their defense is the simple reason, simple answer, you can't give up 116 points in the NBA Finals. I get it's modern day NBA, three balls big, but that can't happen uh, largely because you're not going to be able to score 116 unless Steph drops 50. This team is simply not as deep mm-hmm. as they used to be. Uh, and they don't have as much firepower. I mean, 25 from Clay got offset by 24 from Marcus Smart, so it's right. it's a little it's a little uh, not it's just not encouraging. It's not a good sign for Golden State. And there was a lot of kind of not so good looks uh, on the, on the bench for for Golden State. Steph and Clay were not too happy, of course, uh, after taking a bad loss. But uh, Tyler, I think you know if you really look at these last well, it could just be two games depending on how Boston handles this. Uh, but we've got games four, five, potentially six and seven uh, coming our way. What are your predictions for the rest of this series?
2: So on, honestly, um, I, I came into the series Golden State in seven because, one, they have home court advantage. Two, they have a way like high plethora of finals experience, which is a little different – like, not yeah. a, little, a lot different than regular playoff experience, which Celtics have plenty of. The Warriors have been here before. And sure, this isn't the same Warriors team, but I figured the nucleus is still the same of Steph Clay, Dre, Steve Kerr. And then it's still, I guess, Iguodala off the bench. He's still a leader, a mentor to the young guys like Kuminga, Moody, Poole, you name it. Guys like Wiggins are there, Poole. I thought that the Warriors were still going to be fine. I thought they were going to grind out a good, better, like a long series. And if it went to seven, I thought they had the advantage. Right now it doesn't look good for me, but I'm gonna stick by my guns for the sole reason that one, I wanna stick by my guns. And two, I think the Warriors will they will find a way to win game four. They they played terrible in game three, uh, in the fourth quarter. I think Steve Kerr is a good enough coach where he can adjust. He knows how to adjust on the fly. He's a phenomenal head coach. They're going to get Jordan Poole better looks. I think Jordan Poole is the most important player for the Warriors in the series right now because we know what Steph brings. We know exactly what Steph's going to bring. We know exactly what Wiggins is going to bring. He's going to bring 18 points a game with good, really good defense. Steph's going to do his thing. Clay you can't depend on Clay, but you know what he's going to bring. Either really good shooting and good defense or really bad shooting and good defense. Draymond is Draymond. You can't. But what does Jordan Poole bring? He brings a dynamic factor off the bench that nobody else on the Warriors has. Nobody else in the series has that dynamic factor off the bench that Jordan Bull brings. The ability to score on all three levels and create for himself and kind of create for others. And for him to come in and the game just swings in a negative way for the Warriors, like when Steph goes to the bench, that's not a good sign. That shows that he's not experienced. It shows the inexperience that I mentioned before, he doesn't look like he's been here before. He looks flustered by the big moment. Sure. He, game two, looked he looked good, but like games one and three, he was, I want to say he was terrible. I know game three, the four of eight is shooting. Sure. That looks good. A little deceiving. He wasn't that good. Turned the ball over. What? Three times. And just didn't look like the Jordan pool that we knew in the first round or second round. Basically he needs to step up, but I think that they'll, they'll find him easy baskets early get his confidence going set some guys up and i think the warriors won a close one in game four i know that boston crowd is raucous loud it's crazy we'll talk about that in a bit but i think that the warriors pull this one out and then the series is even up two two and then from there on out may a better team win and i'm taking warriors in seven just because i think i think they're not going to go out like this i think they're going to manage to find a way to figure it out i think clay can Clay will Clay will do similar things. Not last night, but like actually maybe similar to last night. I'm not expecting too much of him. Seven to seventeen shooting. Not expecting too much, but Clay will do something similar. Steph will be Steph. I expect Draymond to at least put it four points, not two points. <laughs> and uh Wiggins to do Wiggins things. So I I think the Celtics, they're really, really, really good. I think they may be the better overall team, but I'm not counting on a team with Stephen Curry on it. So, give me the Warriors in 7.
1: Yeah, I've uh I've struggled with this now for a while. I, I initially said Warriors in 6 when the matchup was set. Um, but you know, I I don't necessarily know now with obviously being 2-1, I don't think that's uh logistically possible for the Warriors to win 3 games in a row here uh with two of them being on the right. road. Uh but this game 4 matchup like you said, I I think is the most crucial one. To win, you, you can't go down 3-1. I get it. You go back home for Game 5, but you're still down in the series if you win Game 5 heading back to Boston. Uh, and Those guys showed you in their first game on their home court, uh, you're really no match. Uh, it, it was, for the most part, I mean, Golden State brought it close here and there. They took one lead, uh, but for the most part, Boston dominated that whole game. So that's where I think Golden State kind of has to do as much damage control as they can uh, in Boston, but now that means you must win Game 4 so you can split it because, like you said, if they could split this, if they just win every game at home from here on out, oh after after tomorrow night, or is it tomorrow night? Yeah. After tomorrow night's game, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, they just gotta win yeah. two out of two at home. That's it. Um easier said yeah, yeah. than done, obviously. But you know, they they have to if you give up one on your home court, you have to take one. I think that's fairly easy logic to understand. And I think Golden State will be ready exactly. to do that. It's just a matter of what is Boston willing to give up or or how ready are they uh to win back to back games. Uh, in this series, because they've actually, I uh, believe it or not, I believe they've won more road games in this playoffs uh, than they have at home, uh, largely because they never. Talk, I'm talking Boston. You talking about Boston? Um, Ooh. Yeah, what because sticks? in, in they, the Heat series when they went to seven, uh, they won three out of the four games on the road, which was right. You're right and there. I, I believe Miami won actually won on the road more often as well because of that. But it's it's very interesting. Right. You know, they're, they're there to defend their home court, but they also sometimes like being those road warriors, ironically. But, uh, yeah. you know, so I, I don't know if I can switch my – I think I have to switch my pick from Warriors in six. Uh, I, it's hard to stay with the Warriors. I, I've been saying since, since Milwaukee beat Boston, since Grant Williams had 27 points in, in that game six, or since Boston beat Milwaukee, I don't know why I said Milwaukee beat Boston. Game yeah, seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, one, that was the real finals to me. That to me was that to me was finals. okay. These guys can really win this. I get Middleton was out for the Bucks, but uh, right. they took down the defending champs in sweeping fashion in that last game, uh, and, and from there they've really just been kind of that it team for me, where I've been like, wow, these guys when they click, they click, uh, and I'm I'm sure they will beat Golden State at least one more time in that same sort of manner. Uh, I think they can do it twice. That's the interesting thing, though. Will they do it in six? That's what I want to say. But it could easily get pushed to seven, and I could see Boston winning a game seven on the road. So it's a really interesting topic, of course, still, because it's the finals. You have no clue what's going to happen. But I I think I'm going to switch my pick towards Boston just because, uh, I don't know, Golden State looks a little defeated. Uh, I I think they have to win game four, obviously. If they don't, they're in trouble. But... I'll leave this with, with some skepticism of my own pick. The last time Golden State was down two one in a series uh and won, 14. it was twenty fifteen against LeBron's Cavs for that first ring of the dynasty. So could be interesting. Uh we have no idea what's gonna happen. Uh we'll close with uh, on a little more of a negative note here. One one kind of I guess it's up for you know a little conversation. Uh Klay Thompson was not happy with the Boston fan base after game three. Uh, very, very unhappy. He said real classy Boston at the end of his post-game conference uh, regarding how they spoke to Draymond Green, giving him a bunch of F-bombs here and there. Typical, uh, you know, I think it's it's obviously not behavior you want to see, but it, it seems to be, you know, in the finals, especially in the playoffs, it's going to get hostile out there. You have fans right. and players who are so passionate for their teams that I think it's going to happen inevitably. Uh, But, Tyler, you think there's anything really that can happen to change that or to make it less of a playoff environment, I guess, is really the right word. I don't think you can, but is there anything that should or can change uh, for Boston and Golden State to make the players happier or more comfortable on the court?
2: First of all, I got a lot to say about this topic, funny enough. (laughs) It's a hilarious topic. Uh, Clay Thompson is one of my favorite players of all time. I love him. He's one of the greatest shooters of all time one of the... Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players to do it. That might be one of the softest statements I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Clay, come on. Real classy Boston. Have you never been to Boston? Boston is filled with a bunch of f- angry five seven Irish guys who want to punch <laughs> you in the face every time they can, and they will scream at you and curse at you every chance they get. Draymond Green, how, do you, does he not see who his teammate is? No. Draymond Green, no. the guy who kicked Stephen Adams in the, you know, where the sun don't shine? The guy who literally there's a video of him chopping over on a box out free throw box out on jason tatum's shoulder literally game three the shoulder that tatum hurt and just deliberately chopping down on it and like draymond is a phenomenal player but the guy is like he kind of deserves a lot of these not slander but like a lot of the trash talk that he gets and it's it's nba finals i mean come on I'd be disappointed if I was going on the road and I wasn't getting chirped or getting bullied or yelled at by fans or cursed at. None of it's personal. I don't think these guys hate Draymond personally. I think they just don't like Draymond as a player because he's playing against them. It's simple. It's NBA Vitals. Did you not did that? Did Clay Thompson not see what happened in New York last year against Atlanta when Trae Young showed up to the Garden and got the F, F Trae Young chance for like for every game straight? You would hear it at Yankee games, you hear it at concerts. Like personally, frankly, I don't hate Trey Young. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I watched every game this year. I don't hate Trey Young. I gained a lot of respect for Trey Young this this playoffs. I mean, this past last playoffs because he took it on the chin and stepped this game up. Yeah. Well, why can't Draymond do the same? Oh wait, because he's not able to. <laughs> he's not. He's simply like, you got to be able to like understand. Fans are gonna trash talk as long as it doesn't get personal, talking about family and talking about loved ones, it's fine. As long as you don't cross the line. And they didn't cross the line. They made it funny. And Warriors fans, I mean, they're not perfect either. No. They're not too great. I, I wouldn't say they're the greatest fans in the world. Um, if you look at Twitter, for example, Warriors fans are a little unhinged. So I will say that might be the softest his- comment in the history of comments by Clay Thompson. I'm not a fan of that comment. I think that he better – put up or shut up in game four. And I'm I'm banking on a big play Thompson performance because he's not the type to go away quietly in the playoffs, but that is a very soft comment. Um, They're not going to calm down with this, especially because Draymond said, holy, you know, he said he cursed in in front of his son in the post-game presser. Like, come on. And Clay was like, oh, fans saying F Draymond. Draymond cursed in front of his son in the the uh, post-game presser last night. It's no big deal. It's basketball. It's life. So basically, all I'm saying is, Clay better Clay better put up or shut up in Game Four. The comment is soft. or I mean, Celtics fans are going to come even louder tomorrow, yeah. uh, tomorrow night, and best believe this series is going to get even more tense. So I'm really excited for Game Four.
1: I think it's a bit ironic what Clay said as as because when he said LeBron got his feelings hurt back in 2016. Uh, it Ooh. obviously swayed the tide, so hopefully for Golden State's sake, that doesn't do the same for them where it's deja vu all over again. Clay makes a comment about being soft or not classy or whatever you want to call it, uh, and Golden State goes down in flames. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Game four is going to be uh, crazy loud in there. TD Garden's definitely going to be gunning for not even just Draymond anymore, maybe Clay too, which I hope not because oh, yeah. Clay doesn't necessarily deserve it. It was a, a kind of yeah, a I like Clay. But uh, yeah, Draymond, you know, I think had Draymond the, the talk coming towards Draymond, I think he knows is coming, and I don't think he's as phased by it as much. Uh, I think that was Clay's kind of lame attempt, as not not lame like he wasn't trying, but soft attempt to defend his teammate. Um, which, well, yeah,
2: I don't think Draymond needs any defending. Yeah, draymond you know,
1: getting trashed. and game trash. And you know what, Clay, if you're going to defend him, defend him in a little tougher way. You know, bring a little energy yeah. and fire right back to Boston because you're going to need it. Exactly, they're going to need it right now. Exactly. Boston has the foot on uh, their foot on the gas, foot on Golden State's throat. Uh, and if these guys don't come mm-hmm. back gunning game four, uh, <laughs> series could be well uh, close to over. Basically, you know, three one, unless again, deja vu, Golden State can reverse the roles and make a three one comeback. Who knows? Uh, but that's right. what that's what these guys do instead of us. We just talk about it. They get to go out and play, show us uh, what they got, and we get to come and talk Unless about it. Unless you're Draymond
2: Green. Unless you're Draymond Green. Unless you're or Draymond. Can, uh, bring up then the Draymond bike. will hop on the yeah, exactly. show
1: with us one time, I'm sure, because why wouldn't he want to join us uh, on this spectacular show? Pick, <laughs> um,
2: pick and pod, baby. But
1: that is uh, uh, that's basically all for us today. Uh, we had a great time recording. We hope you uh, enjoy the episode. Uh, from Nick Feta, Tyler Hu, and Bridge Gautam, this is Pick and Pod, a production of WFUV Esports.